this feels like a Holofield, 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 Swift on the sweep. Yeah. Holofield, Holofield, Swift on the sweep, uh, tight end. Like, this feels like a game where you can muscle them and knock them over. Uh, as good as that defense is, there's just more talent on the Georgia side of the ball. We'll see what happens with the offensive line injuries. I think that's a key factor in this. But I do think that this is a game where why do you recruit all this stuff? Why do you have all this talent? To freaking beat Kentucky. That's the point of this is to be able to handle that. How many people in the college football preseason would have predicted the winner of the Georgia-Kentucky game to be the representative in Atlanta for the SEC East? Now, the majority of the sports writers and fans picked Georgia. It's just that no one, not even Kentucky fans, were anticipating that the Wildcats would be in contention to make their first ever SEC championship appearance. In fact, the Lexington Herald-Ledger has tabbed the matchup this weekend as a game which long-suffering Kentucky football fans have waited for their entire lives. Safe to say, all of the pressure is on the home team in this game. The dogs have competed in matchups like this where the stakes are high year after year, and the players and coaching staff have the experience not to be intimidated by the moment. Now, don't get me wrong. Commonwealth Stadium, Kroger Field, whatever it's called these days, will be rocking. But Will was right in his cold open. The dogs are now sixth in the first college football playoff rankings, and the talent they recruit is far superior than number nine Kentucky. And all Georgia needs to do is go out and freaking beat Kentucky. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 159 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Can you tell the three of us are excited for this game? Will Leach and I will be here in Athens watching the game like some of you, but Tony Waller, our resident road dog, will be traveling up to the bluegrass, like some of you, to witness this historic matchup in person. We get into all of the prognostications and then some in this meaty pregame show. It's the dogs versus the cats up in Lexington for the SEC East Championship. Hope you enjoy the show. Here's Tony to get us started. And I realized the story I started to tell you all about having to leave the D.C. bar. Um, I'll happily talk about that, but I won't talk about having to leave it because I couldn't be around other people. Yeah, you tweeted about that. What, what was going it was on? Just, it was just too much stress. It was too much stress. So I was in D.C. last week, and I went to Pan Comment, which is one of the four places they do. They have a watch party. The Alumni Association mm-hmm. have a watch party. I tweeted out a picture. I saw a couple of... Listeners, a couple of people I follow on Twitter. Thank you, everyone. Saw a couple of students, which was awesome. Uh, former students. And God, you tr- treat your house like my kids treat the car. <laughs> I'll pick it up later. <laughs> it was trash down. I'm just mad it only gave me four of these. He's wow. also like, if there's chewing that happens in a second, that's Scott. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm not eating pecans. Yes. So um, we, it, was, it was a lovely time. It was weird because there were civilians there, like right before the game, just going about their lives. And it annoyed me a little bit. Uh, but the crowd showed up. They were loud. I called the dogs, which was fun. I think anyone expect me to do that. Um, but the further we went in the game, the more socializing was happening. The less yeah. I was, I, the the more I had to get out of there. It was it was a great crowd. I, I appreciate that. Just not my scene for watching a football game. Yeah. Um, so we ended up going back to the hotel room, which was the right call because you know we we found our lucky spots, and uh, that's why we won. We we found lucky spots. It had nothing to do not. with Georgia being better than Florida in the second half. Absolutely nothing. I am firm in my belief that particularly for particularly stressful games. There is maybe no better place to watch a game than two feet away from the television at the corner of the bed. Yeah. With some room to run left and right. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. Um, so the, I was able to actually get up and pace behind the couch. Yes, exactly. In the room. Exactly. So that made it much easier. It was better for me. And that was part of it. I realized I was pacing, literally walking, doing laps around the bar. And my wife was like, you have to sit down. 
There's an advantage. This is the advantage of seeing games in person, right? Because when the game is over, as devastated you can be, there are still like you have to get back to your car. Right. You have to get home. There are like things to distract yes. you yes. if you were, say, theoretically speaking, lost a very high-profile game in the last second. Right. There are like tasks that you have yeah. to accomplish. Yeah. So you can move on uh, with your day and distract you rather than I've had that moment where I've been alone in a room where my team just lost in a brutal fashion. And something inevitably breaks. Yeah, well, because you're sitting there and you have all your thoughts in your yes, head yes. and they have to come out through your hands. <laughs> Thinking back to the Alabama game, you're right because we had to, it took us 45 minutes to get out of the stadium. And then yeah. my wife was upset and devastated, but, you know, she started changing the subject and talking about other things. And by and the time I got in the car, there. yeah. yeah and then Alabama fans were were distracting us enough by acting the way they were, and so that was... Uh, but to be fair, Alabama fans after that game, and I, I don't want to relitigate all this, mm-hmm. they were genuinely a lot less... Some of them were shocked. Some of them were like, um, um, that just happened. Right. It was also very rainy and cold. Oh. It was rainy and it was, it was cold. It was. So, guys, we beat Florida, and I think it bears repeating again, we beat Florida. Mm-hmm. I did want to bring up a couple of little things, because I, I rewatched some of the game last night. Um... I'm not sure I quite agree with some of the national narrative about Georgia not really beating Florida. They got lucky. You can say that if you have fluky bounces. Georgia created three turnovers and only scored 10 points off those three turnovers. True. Including a turnover inside the one. Granted, Florida did had played great defense to keep Georgia out of the end zone. I would say that on further review, Georgia's ability to figure out what works and sticking to that was a far more determinative factor in Georgia winning that game than turnovers or anything else. We scored 36 points against a defense that was doing really well, that played, frankly, more physical than we did on the line of scrimmage, and also we're kind of primed for this game, and we did so in the way that got us to 13 wins last season. So I, I, I want to frame our conversation. That's, that is where I come from for our conversation about the Kentucky game because I realized after, after listening to ESPN, we talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit, um, after reading some things, by, by no means am I willing to declare Georgia is all and well and ready to take on Alabama. I am also willing to say that Georgia didn't luck their way into a win against Florida. Yeah. I think the reason that's happened has been a couple things. One... Because when Georgia won games last year, these things didn't happen, right? right? Like, they dominated everybody. Like, they dominated everyone. They basically dominated every game but Notre Dame, right? Basically every – and Auburn, obviously. But, right? Well, I, I, this Florida game felt like the South Carolina game last year to me. It was close. Yes. It was close. But it never felt like we were going to lose it to me. Right. And I'm just in that – even on the, replay, on the replay last night watching it, I was like, I, I don't – we – we just had a handle on them after a certain point. You yes. know, you're right, because think about the first quarter of the Florida game, and then think about how you felt the first quarter of the LSU game. It was yeah. completely different feeling. Yeah. Completely different. Yes, but LSU, I think even before LSU wiped out Georgia, we kept LSU in higher esteem than we did Florida. Oh, 100%. Like, and, I, and I think that that's kind of the thing to remember is, I agree, with, I agree with what you're saying, and I think one of the reasons the national media has done that is because Georgia... Listen, this is, frankly, the way narratives it's work. It's a good thing, though. It, yeah, yes. this, is, this is literally yes. the way the narratives work. Yes. Is Georgia, can't ever get out of the way, can't ever get out of their own way. Hey, they did it. They made it. And, oh, this isn't quite the same team. Now they got to take a step back. And I think there's a little bit of that going on. 
I also think that there were several issues in that game that will get you stomped against a lot of teams. Yes, I, and I agree with that, and I'm sure we'll talk about them mm-hmm. on particularly the tackling yeah. Uh, yeah. and particularly the run defense. The, and, uh, well, and I think that, yeah. that's tackling. And then um, letting uh, number 92 make all kinds of tackles in the backfield. Yeah, and and the, uh, the inability at times to figure out what we're doing blocking on the tight ends in particularly, um, particularly on the tight ends. The you know the the part about it I was happy to see is that we they heeded your advice they found their identity yeah. <laughs> um, they I, I'm, not, I'm not sure why I, you know I think maybe because it was working um, we went back to being we're perfectly fine being close and figuring out what it is we can beat you at and then doing that in the fourth quarter uh, which frankly is a lot of the way we did that did those last year. You're, you know, granted, there were some games where we just went ahead and stayed ahead, yeah. um, but there were a couple games where we did that with. I mean, at the Auburn game, the national, cha- uh, the SEC championship game, frankly, was that way. I mean, you know, we that game was. It never really felt like we weren't going to win it, even though Auburn was in, in the first half had moments where they seemed yeah, and, in it, control of the and it took a big turnover in the yep. SEC championship game to kind of get that feeling going George's way. It's worth noting that one of the reasons that it feels that way, besides just a narrative sense, is. Georgia did a lot of little things wrong yep. that would have led to a thirty-point win. Like yeah. I, I, I think that's kind yeah. of the thing is if they don't if they don't have that trouble with the with the, with well, the well, goal line. Talk about that yeah. with the three short field right. goals. Right. Mm-hmm. If you if, if just a couple of those become touchdowns, including the obvious one that they had seven tries at and didn't get that, then all of a sudden you're feeling like this game's never in doubt no. and Georgia has a definitive wipeout of Florida. So I think that's part of it too. Is last year Georgia didn't let those little opportunities fly away. They stomped on people. And so it's not so much that this team is bad or that they're not as good as last year. It's the question about Georgia. I think we got some of it answered this game. The question about Georgia this year is, do they have that intensity and focus that they did last year? I don't think they do, but I do think we saw some positive signs from this game that we hadn't seen previous, uh, even leading up to the LSU game we hadn't seen. Which is interesting you framed it that way because one of the things I was thinking about today was exactly what we said in August. That do we think this team is as good as or better? And I think all three of us agreed it could be a step back here. Yeah. Now, step back meaning not winning the SEC, right. but still getting the SEC East, uh, winning that, and, and maybe slipping up and winning the SEC. Right. But that's a whole other conversation yeah, for a different we'll day. Right. Moment, right. um, but I haven't seen anything. Well, Taking that back, I have seen things different in this team that I did not expect to see. But what I've seen from the 40,000-foot view is exactly what I thought I'd see. A good team, a team that played well at t- will play well at times, that can do some things really well but with flaws. Um, and I think we have to, in my mind, we now know the team we have. I don't think the, the idea of, you know, I think Jay Fromm said something along the lines of, if, when this team puts it all together, we're going to be scary. I don't, mm. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't. Well, first off, I don't know that, although maybe. Um, maybe yeah. But... I don't know if this team is going to quote unquote put it all together right. because what we have is what we have now, right? We have a, a, a good bend don't break defense, but that is prone to be cashed because run fits from the inside linebackers in particular are problematic. Um, we have a an, an efficient offense that if they get just a little bit behind, sometimes can't get out of their own way. Now Jake Fromm beat that narrative a little bit with the, all the third down passes, including touchdown passes. Um, and third, our special teams are really good on one side and eh, 
on the other. Although it was a great punt, it was a great punt. It was a great punt, um, and maybe that's coming around. Maybe that's the one place where I think he's be been booming it, but he hasn't been right. It, right. right. So we it also helps to have a really fast guy. Oh yeah, he was just. Yeah. I mean, he was. He was like, he'd ordered food. And yeah, waiting. he was like reading War and Peace. Yeah, it's like he was, was seamless getting here. This he was. He was forever. sitting in the stands watching FSU lose, <laughs> reading. Um, so did y'all you know, see the tweet that they that yeah. I retweeted about FSU and Florida? Playing on PBS at 11 a.m. <laughs> That's happened a couple times in the last few years. Yeah, right. That's not bad. So uh, yeah, Yale, Yale Harvard flex to 4:30. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I want to frame the conversation. And who knows? We could go to Kentucky and lose. And the conversation we're we're having right now is moot. We could go to Kentucky and blow them out of the water and just look like that team. Frankly, we're somewhere in between, and we'll get to that at the end of the show. But at least in, in terms of thinking about the game today, I just wanted to I wanted to put on the record to say the team we have is what we see in front of us is not really that different than what at least I thought we would have in August. Yes, the parts the parts that aren't as good are different than what I would have said in August, but we are a good, talented football team um, who has flaws. Um, I, I do want to say one more thing about the coaching. We talked about the three three and outs after the touchdown. Um, and one of the things I thought about that the difference between this game and LSU is we, we made adjustments. We, uh, we put a little different personnel look in there. Uh, we ran particularly Holyfield out of uh, a little different look than we did those first four drives. Um, so also Florida had injuries in the secondary that LSU didn't have. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. Of course they did. Of course they did. But Georgia took advantage of those, um, which you should do. Um, and you know, one last, one last little thing. Todd Grantham run blitzed and pass blitzed as much as he could. Um, and Fromm really got hit one time, and that was the second drive. And that's with two linemen out. That's with two linemen out. Yeah, that's right. That was right after Thomas went down, right? So, I, you know, I, I, I can't look at this Florida game as anything other than if Georgia had – even let's say Georgia had beaten LSU by one point. The narrative wouldn't be, wow, Georgia's still not looking great against Florida. They were like – Georgia's establishing their will over blah 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 because yeah. it's a twenty point win. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I just think it would be, and and, and, and think, it's a narrative. It's a narrative driven. I conversation. think if they would have looked better against Tennessee and Missouri and Vanderbilt, well, maybe. Oh, I've been I've been saying yeah. that we didn't look great against those teams. I know, yeah, from day I know. One. But I'm yeah, saying yeah. I don't think the narrative would necessarily be that because I think there's still a healthy bit of skepticism. If they I'd, played every game like they did against South Carolina, <laughs> or the second be, half of South Carolina, or the second half second of South half. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's a good argument that. All but one drive of the second half against Florida, um, that yeah. we, we look like that. I mean, well, that's the thing. Now is I think what you're saying is right, Tony. And that there's a uh, there's maybe not a ceiling in this team, but like if this is what they are, yeah, which is the best team in the SEC East if they win this game, which obviously we're going to get into this game, but not in the class of an Alabama, which I I think, I think Alabama's in the class by themselves, right? So. Then that feels a like. There's nothing to be ashamed about that year. That puts you in the Sugar Bowl against Oklahoma again. Yeah. That would be my, my or, right. or the, or the Chick Fil A Bowl. Yeah. But one yeah. of the New York's right. uh, well, New, that puts you in a good spot. Six or your or New York. Yeah. <laughs> it also it is also a, a setback from last year, mm-hmm. and B is exactly the type of thing of we're never going to get there idea mm-hmm. that people got frustrated with Frick about. 
Yeah, and obviously no one is pining for Rick right now, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but certainly, you know that is, he's lost control of his quarterback. He's, he's lost control of his quarterback. Yes, that's true. Uh, but certainly, imagine how he would have handled Fields and I was trying to think about. Can't it. let's um, delete that. I, I got a <laughs> no, question. You should beat that. I, I got a question for y'all about the Fields thing. Mm. The fact that it was brought up on national media all week and then i was watching game day and they said i can't wait to see fields i mean desmond howard kept said it like three times in an hour and then they had kirby on set and they asked him directly about his backup quarterback i almost got the feeling and i don't i'm it's just a feeling that he didn't play fields and those little like one-time things just to send a message that he's in control of that football team. I mean, that's just a conspiracy theorist. Well, and that's that's not an unfair theory. I mean, Will, you probably could speak about this a, a little more than I can, but I mean, generally national media takes their cue off of local media, and frankly a lot of local media, not all, but a lot of local media takes their cue from whatever chatter is out in the community. Um, and and you know, frankly, the reason they do that is that they've got to get eyeballs on their material, and if you if you just tow the company line, well, Franz, our quarterback, and, and blah, 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 you, people are going to swirl their eyes at that. Um, the other part of it is it wasn't unfair to ask all of those no. questions after what happened at LSU. And also, I mean, first of all, I would say that I can't imagine if Kirby Smart is basing personnel decisions on chatter or what media are saying, uh, I'm worried. <laughs> yes, well, agreed. <laughs> I, I, I doubt, I don't think he's doing that. I do think, however, a lot of the lip service to Fields is the same reason that Saban always got really upset whenever you asked him about this, yeah. which is, listen, Fields is one of the top recruits in the country, man. Like, and people, people transfer all the time. And this has been a question since Fields mm-hmm. signed is, wait, don't they already have a freshman quarterback who's killing it right now? It certainly is the smart play for Kirby Smart to say, Field, we're going to find stuff for Fields. He's a part of our team. He's a key thing. Even if he came up with what I think was clearly the smart strategy of not playing Fields at all, uh, and that's a that's I mean that's why it's hard, right? That, that's why that's why people were asking in the first place. Seriously, how is that going to work when you've got this super top guy? And for the record, I think Fields has looked great. He has also not come in the way that Tua came in last year and like came in the fourth quarter and threw three 80-yard touchdown passes. Right. Like I think Fields has looked – not that they've asked him to do that, but I also think that, you know – to, uh, unless Fields is doing that in practice and nobody knows it and they're waiting to spring it at the worst possible time, I find there's one Tua. I don't think there are actually two. Right. Actually, his two, brother plays two, for... Uh, I know, there's another yeah. Tua. There's yeah, a right-handed Tua. Yeah, there's another Tua. Tua Leah. Yeah. Tua Leah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's, playing, he's, like, he's going to Alabama, too. He's playing on a big high school team now. And I watched him play uh, on yeah. Friday night on ESPN, and he brought his team back from three he, touchdowns down. He has an offer from Georgia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had this conversation with someone today that... So the, the question that's posed to me, what if Fields doesn't play any more this right. season right. other than mop-up duty until we get to SEC championship game? What if he's and, decent? And we're down three touchdowns at halftime. I was like, I would be really surprised if Kirby doesn't put him in. At that point, what do you have to lose? Right. I mean, I, now, now, I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying for the record, me. Last year, I mean, <laughs> Tua, Tua was making a habit last year in the fourth quarter of games where Alabama was up by 24 points of throwing 80-yard touchdowns. Well, the game, like, this is not something we've actually seen. Yeah, he got all those fourth quarters out last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. But like, Listen, I'll put it this way. I feel like most of the clamoring for fields has been more out of frustration with Fromm. Yeah, that LSU game. Then then it's been fields has been so electric when he's coming. There's been flashes. We've certainly seen moments where you're like, okay, this guy clearly has talent. But but listen, people were clamoring for Tua last year because 
I mean, look at him. Yes. <laughs> like, look what he's doing. And to me, that's kind of the thing with this. And that's why I like that they did that last week. The only way, to me, Fields should be getting substantial snaps for Georgia right now is if Fromm is hurt or struggling so badly that you desperately need something. And right now, it doesn't. after watching Fromm play last week, I don't think that's the case. And I think, frankly, Fromm has earned the right at this point. Uh, to have a bad game? To have a bad game. And, yeah, uh, one, one bad game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, and I can't, you probably can't overstate that. Um, look, if we didn't have, I mean, if Jacob Eason were still here, he's not, but Jacob Eason were still here as the backup, would there have been clamoring for Jacob Eason? Maybe. Instead of Fields? If Fields had decided to go somewhere else. If oh. Fields, if Fields were playing for Jimmy they were Franklin. all three here. If, no, if Fields were playing for Jimmy Franklin oh. instead of coming here to Georgia. What what would have happened in that LSU game? Will we be clamoring for Eason? I think Eason would have transferred anyway. But I understand. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree. To play the idea, sure. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I agree. It's it's the new it's the new and flash. And look, I I could I mean Fields could come in next week against Kentucky, win the game, and Jake Fromm transfers (laughs) next year, and that can happen. I mean that's that's within the range, and that's not a. But That's I not, will say after that last game, that seems a lot less likely. That seems less likely. Yeah. And in the same way that, listen, last year, when from, even when he came in initially, every single person on that Georgia offense said, oh, you just wait. You're going to have, you're going to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're seeing that with Fields. You certainly see people talk about his athletic ability. But the from thing is, like, that's what this team needed against Florida. That's what they needed against LSU and didn't get, was cocky from back. Yeah. They needed they needed Swashbuckler from back and they got him back in that game. And he has to keep doing that. And we had not seen it. Even when he'd been efficient and we had made a bunch of mistakes, we had not seen From Boner. And he, we've seen it now. He certainly and does. it's magnificent. <laughs> he certainly it certainly is. He certainly does because I don't know if you've been paying attention. We might be facing the best defense we've seen all season. Yeah, yeah. That's what we talk about. Good segue. Yes, excellent segue. Uh, um, Georgia opened at a 12 and a half point favorite. That's that so big. That line is now like nine and a yeah, half. Yeah, that went down fast. Yeah, because yeah, people are profit taken. <laughs> that, that's true. But um, Georgia does hold <laughs> As a. I pick us to win by 17. <laughs> I don't know. Georgia does hold a 57, 12, and 2 record. Versus the Cats. Um, I think they have won 19 out of 21 versus Kentucky. I think uh, Jim Donnan had a loss to him and Mark Richt had a bad loss about eight years ago. They've won eight in a row. They have not lost since 2009 to Kentucky, which I kind of, I kind of, I was lost on me. I thought they had lost in the past three or four years, but that's not the case. They tried to lose two years ago up in Lexington, and that's where that the birth Rodrigo, yeah. of Rodrigo with the interview and his, yeah. with his helmet oh, on. Oh, that was so awesome. I mean, because that was, and that was a game. Actually, much like this one, though the stakes are actually higher in this game, where Kentucky felt like, oh, it's our night. Mm-hmm. Georgia is wobbly. Mm-hmm. We are off to this great start. The crowd was a night game, so the crowd was really hot. And I think it was a late, it was a late afternoon game. And was it yeah, it was, it was yeah. a four thirty kickoff. Yeah. yeah, but because you're north of the ninetieth uh, parallel, it gets dark at yeah. whatever time. And and it felt like that was it felt like Kentucky missed an opportunity. Sure. Uh, at that point, in the same way, I think, I think it felt like that last year, the beginning when they started off in the SEC, uh, they thought they were going to make some sort of run. This is it, though. Like this is this is not Kentucky being like, wow, we've got a everything's fall, uh, we've got a chance here. Like this is they win and they win the SEC East. Like that's kind of an amazing 
thing to think about. All Kentucky would possibly dream of is this game. Well, the Lexington Herald Ledger keeps mentioning the fact that they are a team of destiny this year. And it's kind of like how Georgia fans felt last year. We felt like we were a team of destiny, even though we hadn't been long suffering like Kentucky in football. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that they feel it. And I mean, look at that. That phantom flag that threw out against Missouri. Oh, my God. I mean... Are we going to talk about that? Yeah, Might as well, because I can't imagine replaying that in my head, that coming out, what, maybe 20% of the time? Did you see the play, Will? So, I I, I watched the play as I haven't, because we just happened to switch over. And I was like... I was like, oh, ball game's over. He... That's offensive pass interference. And it was uncatchable. Um, I didn't even think about that. And then, like, they called it against Missouri. I'm like... Holy cow! They're at Farrow Field and they're making that call. And then I, I they replayed it a couple times. I've gone back and rewatched it. I I don't. I mean, probably the best thing to do for the official there is keep his keep it in his pocket. Absolutely. Um, which is good advice, kids. Keep it in your pocket. Um, but if you're going to throw the penalty there, you got to throw it against the guy that's got his hands wrapped around the helmet of the other player and is dragging him out of your way. You can't call it against the guy that did not initiate contact. And he was at, looking at the ball at the very at the to me the, that's the thing that you can justify if he's not looking back if at the his ball. if his back was facing right, right, the quarterback yeah yeah that did not initiate contact I mean that is a textbook in coach and in, in official clinics if if the the defensive player does not initiate contact he is looking at the ball and he is making a play on the ball and not the offensive player that's not defensive pass interference he did all three of those things and he and Chris I mean Mark look. Good for Kentucky. Good for Mark. I was going to say this game is now a lot more fun because they missed. Of course that. it yeah. is. <laughs> of course it is. It also means I've got to buy more bourbon because you know going to the game. But you know that is um, that is a really that does lead in back into the narrative. This is that Kentucky is a team of destiny. Guys, imagine we would be facing a top five Kentucky team if they hadn't crapped the bed against Mississippi State. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. I don't know. One of those teams in the West that wears maroon. (laughs) So, I mean, they they really would be a top five team, right? What what are they now? Nine? I think they're they're 11. 11. So, I guess it's possible. Central Florida's keeping them out of the top ten. I I think it's it's possible it's a spot they're behind us. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they're ahead of Central Florida in the the CFP rankings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That crap comes out, doesn't it? Yeah. We're going to miss that. Yeah, uh, unless you want to, unless you want to come back tomorrow no, and take that, I give an update. Care. Look, I, I am well on the record. That is just television content for ESPN for the I next have to six say, weeks. Though, it's I, fun. Last year totally made me go over. Like, oh, you know what? Who cares? It's it, fun. It won't like, be. The, it won't be this pointless. year. <laughs> I know it's pointless. But like seeing Georgia, the like, kids listed on there. I, I totally agree. Like, it is dumb. It is dumb. I agree with solid verbal on this. They don't even acknowledge it on their podcast. I will say, having like a weekly. "Quote unquote selection show <laughs> where your team gets to be mentioned because you get cool. to pause it and you say, William, look at that. Here we go. I have to say, it's totally fake. It's for small children, <laughs> but it is a fun thing for small children. And Lou Holtz. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, real quick, just a little bit of history on um, Kentucky, or just some background history for the season. Uh, they are tied with Clemson as the number one scoring defense in the country, giving uh-huh. up 13 points a game. Total defense, they rank 10th. Pass D, 12, and run defense, 17th. Missouri did not manage a first down in the entire second half <laughs> against Kentucky. Uh, yeah, I think they were all three and outs. I got to be. They had eight three and outs. I think that game was a good reminder of who their offensive coordinator is. Oh, you're right. Well, they, they also. Sorry, apologize, Miss Barbara. They also. Yeah, that was, by the way, 
Direct all inquiries to jawabifilms at gmail.com. Ms. Barbara. <laughs> they, all, they also uh, like gave up. <laughs> Sorry, I've seen the commercials. I had to say it. They also. Keyboard, I'll kill you. <laughs> oh, you're talking about political stuff? Barbara Dooley's talking about political stuff. I have to get in there, too. You know, I don't talk about political stuff. That was made clear on Twitter last week. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. I, enjoyed, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that interaction. I enjoyed Parrish's uh, comment because I'd never thought of it that way. It's like he said that he could hear my silence. Yeah, I enjoyed. Uh, hey, Berto responded. Uh, he, he and I differ politically, right? But I, I respected while disagreed with his opinion. Sure, sure. That's what it was all about. So um, the one thing I was going to question was how do you give up a punt return that late after the game's over? I mean, the game was over twice in that game, and then they they let Kentucky break one, and then just the way that that last drive kind of transpired uh, just seemed. Yeah, team of destiny is kind of scary because if you leave them in the game and if it's a close one and they got the ball last, you're Tony, you're going to have to go somewhere. Yeah, but there are, for what it's worth, there are uh, the every year the roadside is littered with teams of destiny. That, mm-hmm. Like I, I'm with the famous year of uh, what 2008 where Kansas and Missouri all oh, felt yeah. like that. Like, yeah. Everybody has that year where it feels like everything's falling. Exactly Who was it right. last year besides Jordan? Maybe Miami. Miami would have been that. Yeah, Miami would have been an excellent win last year. Miami would have been a great win last year. Uh, and yeah, I think Georgia. Yeah, but Georgia, I think had the they had everything fall right, but they also were so dominant. Yeah, like I feel like uh, Iowa had this last year. Iowa was a great win last year. Now, talk to your kids about an undefeated yeah. Iowa. Mm-hmm. Iowa was the perfect example of this last year. And or was that two years ago? Uh, two years. Two years ago. They were two, uh, I would, like. There's always a team that everything I, I, lands exactly right. I mean, like right. Northwestern this year, for example. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Northwestern's they're a fine team. They're not the best team in the Big Ten West. You can't be a team of destiny with three losses, though. Well, you can if you win the Big Ten West. Uh, yeah. if, if, if somehow they're they're zero and three against not in the Big Ten, and five and one against the yes. Big Ten, which tells you a little bit about it. And they haven't played Illinois yet. <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> Um, anyway, but, but that's kind of the thing with Kentucky is I, I agree. If I'm a Kentucky fan, I totally feel like, yep, this is it. This is my <laughs> And remember when we talked about South Carolina earlier this year, we talked about the notion that South Carolina feels like the reason they were so pumped up for that game is this is their time. Like this is Georgia in the, in year, in the step back year and the, what they're building towards is going to be amazing. Whereas South Carolina has got a little bit of a head start on them. So therefore can get a little bit ahead. This is where Kentucky's at, right? This is this is the best shot they are going to have against Georgia, probably for the next half decade. And this is frankly what Tennessee thought they were going to be last year. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. So, right. So Tony, you're Tennessee, going. You know what? That's another one. Tennessee two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Is a yeah. great yeah. example of that. Yeah. Like everything falling exactly right, except it turned out it didn't because yeah. they weren't actually that good. You're going to Lexington. I am going to Lexington. And you've been to Lexington many, many times. Um, this will be the fifth or sixth time in a row. Have you ever seen a basketball game there or just football? I have not. Yeah, although they want to do sometimes. they're having an exhibition game Friday night, and oh. I am pondering going. Yeah, I'd be tempted to go. To just to go. Just yeah. to have been inside Rob. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So give That's me. That's on my bucket list. How long is the drive? Eight. Eight yeah. hours. Ooh. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> For you. Yeah. Um, we, we, we spent time in Midwest. Dude, Eight hours it's is not, nothing. Yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. I'm <laughs> kind of jaded. I drove down yeah. three times a year from Illinois. It's a 10-hour drive from Champaign. So. We have kids. Newborn kids. Oh. A newborn Charlie? Um, That'd be tough. Well, I mean, Charlie was relatively newborn. Nothing, I mean, he was newborn when we moved up there. Nothing but drama mean. Nothing but drama yeah. mean. Yeah. Paragoric. <laughs> no, no it's, it was not drama mean. It was, it was like really yeah. long cartoon movies. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so, so give the listeners, a t- I've only been to Kentucky once. I went the Corey Phillips year. 
Okay. Uh, 98, I think it was. Uh, So state what the normal Kentucky crowd is and then state what you feel like it's going to be like on Saturday. So Kentucky football fans, if you've ever encountered Kentucky basketball fans, that is... um, uh, frankly, that's just the worst humanity. Um, they if I may talk briefly about yes. Kentucky basketball, when I lived in Brooklyn, uh, Kentucky played a tournament at the Barclays Center, and I know this obviously because I love college basketball. My 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 annoying brunch friends in Brooklyn were all like, "Who the hell are all of these people in blue everywhere? Everyone in Brooklyn, everyone <laughs> so, wearing jeans, yeah. all of them in sweatshirts. They take mm-hmm. over yes. everywhere in basketball." So I, I had the similar experience. I went to the SEC Big East Challenge uh, when Georgia played St. John's there, and they played UConn. Um, and I, I, I swear to heavens, I saw probably a 13-year-old smoking with their parents outside. It was just really – I mean, and I, and I don't say that to be funny. I say that because – that's what I saw. Um, the uh, so you know, but so so Kentucky Kentucky football fans they're knowledgeable. <coughs> Excuse me, they're actually fans of the game because they, if you if it's like Georgia basketball fans, I was just about to say right, that. If if, if but, you're going to a Georgia basketball game in an average year, that's because you love college basketball and you love Georgia basketball. The same with the same with Kentucky football. What's going to be interesting to me is see the Venn diagram of Kentucky basketball fans who now are suddenly because. Uh, you know, Kentucky basketball is kind of like the the Duke basketball, the New York Yankees for for blue collar folks. Um, I don't, and again, I'm not, I don't say that as a pejorative about blue collar people. I'm just saying that as a they're wearing a, blue as a statement. I'm saying that as a statement <laughs> of fact that there are a ton of bandwagon Kentucky basketball. Gotcha. Fans. And the thing about bandwagon people though is they get really excited, but yes. they also get very easily deflated. Yes. As, 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 as a Georgia basketball person that has watched occasionally Georgia football fans be like, Oh, this will be really fun. And then the minute something goes wrong, they're like, here we go. Why do we even care about this stuff? And they leave. And then they leave to me. That is, that's on the table for this game. So this is, I was just saying, this is the sixth time in a row I've been. Uh, the first time was the 08 game with, that was the Muhammad Massaquan game where he caught the touchdown pass deep, right, literally right in front of us on the, the, away from the Georgia side to win. I think it was like 16 14 or something like that. Um, so I have been there when Kentucky is bad. I've been there when Kentucky is okay. I've never been there when Kentucky is good. Ticket prices indicate that people are excited right. about this football game. What are uh, they going for? Uh, the the get in price right now, and that's the very top of the upper deck at uh, Kroger Field. Um, this, you make your jokes about mm-hmm. only two lines will be open yes. to get in, but my wife's very excited because she thinks we get fuel points. The uh, <laughs> speaking of, I have to say this. Uh, <laughs> Go I, ahead. I, told, I Go promised Chris, and I would say this. She won fun office pools this week. She oh, had the very top score. Good so, job. Good yeah, job. I, I, good before job. I forget. Yeah. So. Um, the get-in price right now is in the 160 range. That's wow. pretty good for Kentucky, man. I that's say. it's incredible. Yeah, uh, the get-in price of the Georgia section is 225. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you have tickets to the game, I am looking for three because mm-hmm. I put off getting tickets because I expected things to be different than they are now. I was wrong, um, but obviously, I've never been to only I've only been to one sellout in my life, and I'm getting in this game. So, what I expect a lot of excited, knowledgeable Kentucky football fans. And, you know, a contingent of Georgia football fans, you know, I mean, 10,000 maybe. I mean, we get 6,000 seats. I'd be really surprised if we have 4,000 more. In a stadium that holds 65,000, that is substantial. Yeah. It's a higher percentage than LSU. Yes. I mean, we could have 15. Um, if but we this do. is not going to be one of those years where Georgia takes over. 
No, it's not going to be Notre Dame. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure there have been Kentucky years where Georgia has taken Yeah, there, there have been times where Georgia has more right. as many fans. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be Georgia-Vanderbilt, for example. I just, it's hard to come up with a bigger game for Kentucky than this. Like, honestly, is there a possible—what set of circumstances could come together unless Kentucky is, un, unless Kentucky is undefeated— all season and then plays Louisville at home to end the season. Uh, that would do it. That would do it. But otherwise, I don't know what's bigger than this. Well, than this. I was <laughs> reading the Kentucky paper and somebody answered that question. They said this is the biggest game since 1951 when on November 24th, number ninth, number nine ranked Kentucky lost 28 nothing to number one Tennessee. It was the most, they basically tabbed this as the most important football game. Since 1951. And, and no one was podcasting about that game. So no, nobody probably not. I, I would say the 06, was it 06 where LSU got beat by Kentucky in double overtime up there? Well, that's uh, a, the most exciting game Maybe now. so, yeah. But I mean, like, heading in. Heading in, yeah. Heading in, this, I mean. In 70 I, years, since Bear Bryant was coach. Kentucky wins this game, <laughs> they win the SEC East. Yeah. Like, that's, like, just think about that for it's, a second. It's never happened. I mean, it's unreal. And I, I feel like that is... That, That'd be like Ole Miss winning it in the West. I think it's yeah. bigger. I think it's bigger. Like Ole Miss had Eli Manning. <laughs> like, like Kentucky had Jared Lorenzen. Yeah, they, yeah. They Does had, he still follow you on Twitter? They had Tim I Couch. Hope so. But uh, I mean, this is it, right? This is it's peak Kentucky football. In the same way that let's say let's to use the Georgia basketball analogy. Let's say Georgia basketball has a year where everything lands perfect. Everything. Lands Jimmy Herrick's last absolutely year, absolutely perfect. <laughs> it's too soon. And you get a Kentucky team. That is not the Anthony Davis Kentucky team, but still a top five Kentucky team coming in the segment. Prime time. Remember that game a couple years ago? Well, I was about to say, we saw that two years it ago. It was so awesome. It was amazing. And, and to see this happening now, it's the biggest thing that Kentucky possibly has. I can't fathom a game that's a home game. Like, if they win this and go to the SEC championship game, that's a bigger game. Because, frankly, at that point, they could be playing for the playoff, which is kind yeah, of amazing. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, they've, they've got an easy schedule after Georgia. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's that, it's, it's, I don't think they can officially clinch. They right? can. It's officially clinch? They can, because yeah, they have one more game yeah. against Tennessee, yeah, and that's we, it. We both only have one, one SEC game. So this game is not like right? a 538 odds. No, no. this, this is, is the clinch, winner clinch. of this game. De facto you can SEC make, East Even if championship. Georgia loses to Auburn. Yeah, absolutely. Because yep. yeah. yeah, that would be two losses, but they would hold the tiebreaker over yep. Florida and Kentucky. Yep, that's right. And the same thing goes for Kentucky, because they would have, hold the tiebreaker on Georgia yeah, and Florida. I mean, I mean, honestly, good for Kentucky. I'm happy for. I'm happy if they win. You can be happy for them and yeah. up until three thirty on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Like, listen, if this were a couple years ago and this were Florida going into this game, I would be rooting my oh sure off. For and, and, and here's the thing: this is actually good for the narrative about the SEC East, right? Because here's a game between two highly ranked teams that matters in the month of November, and it's been a long time since that's happened. I think it's safe to say that on. Probably the SEC East hasn't quite called up to the SEC West, but that gap over the past two years has been significantly bridged. Yeah, or you could argue that the fact that Kentucky can win Saturday and go to the SEC championship game is actually proof that it hasn't been bridged. Maybe, maybe. I just think Kentucky is a better— Kentucky Kentucky hasn't lucked into these games. You tell me if Kentucky has had to play Auburn and Alabama and Texas A&M. They beat Texas A&M. Oh, they lost to him. They lost to Texas A&M. Okay, there. See? Bing. Who did they um, beat from the West? Mississippi State. Yeah. Okay. And you're te- like, Who beat Texas A&M? <laughs> okay, there you, there you go. go. <laughs> like, that's the point, right? Like I, don't think, like, I don't think there's any way that Kentucky 
Where would you put Kentucky in the SEC West right now? Third? Oh. Uh, fifth. Probably, probably, no, no, not fifth. Not fifth. Not fifth. I think you may argue it for second. Uh, third or fourth. I'd put third. Yeah. I think they're third. Yeah. And I think they're comfortably third. Yeah. And maybe maybe you'd say that Georgia's comfortably third. But I think, I'll put it this way. If, if, if in this semifinal matchup, which is clearly what Saturday is, that's yep. why Saturday's going to be so much fun, because it's basically a semifinal for the SEC championship game. If somehow LSU beats oh. Alabama and Kentucky beats Georgia, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I think LSU will crush Kentucky. I think Alabama will obviously crush Kentucky. Yeah. I don't think LSU is going to crush Georgia at the SEC championship. No. Like, that's my point, is that, like, that speaks, I would argue, to actually the thinness of the SECs that Kentucky is actually in this position. But As happy as I am for it. But the real question is, the third team in the East is Florida, right? Where would you put them in the West? Fifth. Fourth or fifth? (laughs) I'm just sticking with fifth. Who's, who's Who's third now? Texas A&M? I don't know. A&M or Mississippi State? State? A&M just dropped out of the rankings this week. Probably Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's a fair point. And I mean, look, I think it's clear that Alabama, doing the thought exercise, I think it's clear that Alabama and LSU are one and two, at least as up to this point in the general season. SEC. In general SEC, right? They're one and two. There's a decent argument that three, four, and five are SEC East teams. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and we could say, yeah. and we could, we could debate whether Kentucky belongs in that group or right. not. But I don't think you can argue that the worst team in the SEC is in the West with Arkansas. Vandy put, what, 50 points on them? 47? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, so, so I think that leads in. We should probably talk about the actual game game a little bit. And I do think... Wait, we play this weekend? Yeah, we do. And this is... I think it's... We talk about how exciting this is for Kentucky. This is clearly the best defense they've ever had. This is like top tier yeah. defense. The question is, what I loved about that play call that won the Missouri game was they talked to Stoops after the game. By the way, go Stoops, man. Did you see him break a ceiling tile on oh, the yeah. that was, crowd that surfing? That was a great moment for them. Yeah, good for him, man. Yeah. Good for him. And, and he it, earned that moment more than than I, frankly, think Kirby earned it with that weird little dance in the well, visor. Yeah, I know that was a He's bit done much. that before, though. Yeah. yeah, that was a bit much. Like, in the same way that, like, after the North Carolina win, like, easy with the with the, the leather helmet. Everybody has to do that that wins yeah, that game. I know, just easy. That felt like a, I don't know, like, I don't know, that felt like a little, like, rush in the field after you beat, like, a like a top 25 team. But anyway, um, I will say that, like, good for Stoops. That, that is their big moment. They should have rushed it. They, they, they should be able to. And th- you talk about all time field rushing. Oh, yeah. If they win this game, they will tear that place apart. There will be no checkout lines ever there'll be, available. There'll be no bread or milk left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, that's, but anyway, so what I was saying is what I loved about that play was Stoops after the game. He talked about it, and they, and they asked him, like, hey, did you feel like you needed to give it to your running back? You know, and because he's the stud. And he said, no, we knew immediately they, they, they were going to take him out. So we had to hit that tight end. They had to, and that was a perfectly designed play. Yeah. And perfectly put together and perfectly well constructed. And it was like that was a well constructed, smartly coached well-designed play. And it's worth remembering as many offensive problems they had as we saw the entire Missouri game that they did. There are smart people on the other sideline. Oh, 100%. I mean, the thing we got to keep in, the thing we have to keep in mind, though, because Scott talked about the, um, the, the defensive output and the offensive output, is that, I mean, if you just had to guess off the top of your head between Georgia and Kentucky, who has the most rushing yards? What, from last week or this coming week? The season. Oh, are you about to tell me Kentucky does? Georgia does. Yeah, Georgia does. Georgia. Well, because Benny Snell leads the SEC in rushing, sure. but that's it. Yeah. That's they all are, they got. I mean, basically, I mean, and this is tall order considering how we tackled, 
You limit Benny Snell, you limit Kentucky. Well, if Benny Snell only had 70 rushing yards last week against, On, Ken- what, 30 against Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the offense had three, uh, three points halfway through the fourth quarter. Against yeah. Missouri. That game was over. And Missouri, we like, listen, Missouri is not the horrible defense we've seen in the past, but they're no, not. They're good. still not great. Right. Although they, they did slow us down in the first half. So. Yeah. They scored three points yeah. halfway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. So that's well, it. and did you see how Benny Snell was yelling at his coaches? Eddie Grant, he, he uh, got pulled off the field or something in, in the. Cameras caught him. Really? Him, you know? I didn't yeah. See that. Yeah. And, you know, he's had some transgressions in the past. Remember, he got oh, ejected I forgot, I forgot about that. out of the Music City Bowl last year. And I so, thought it was cool when that well, happened. Yeah. But yes, I mean, it's also and so he says that he's misunderstood. <laughs> I mean, I just think he's the As one of the artists. <laughs> he's one of the lone leaders of that football team. And so when he goes, Kentucky goes. And that's why they were had only scored three points in three quarters. I mean, like. You spend too much time talking about Benny Snell. You miss the most important part of Kentucky's team. That's the defense. They are absolutely legit defensively. Um, Scott brought up some of the stats earlier. You know, right now they are in the neighborhood of what defensively on the S and P. Mm-hmm. Bill Connolly's they're third in the nation on the S and P plus. That is not for that's, that's that not is by right. the way not for nothing. Just for reference, LSU is eighth. Georgia is twenty uh, second. So their defense is legit. Um, and, they, and they have done it really the old-fashioned way by making you um, – by, by basically being really, really good against the run and really, really good uh, on, on standard downs. So they are the top – they're the top team in the nation in standard downs. In other words, first and ten, second and seven, third and four. Georgia's going to have to hit some big plays to beat them. I'm not saying we can't. I'm just saying if we think we can just hand off to Holofield and Swift, um, try to stay in front of the chains – there, that that's not that's not necessarily a winning strategy. Uh, the good news is is we did see a, a template for that because frankly we went through those three uh, those three drives where we went three and out. We adjusted a little bit. We started getting the tight ends involved with the passing game. Um, part of what I mean, basically they have they have this year they have the dime store Roquan Smith and Josh Allen, um, and the uh, the the thing about him is that. He's all over the field. He knows where you're going. And is he their middle linebacker? Uh, I think he plays. He plays outside linebacker. Yeah, Josh outside. Allen. He's outside linebacker, but he's just he just has that impact on. But the he game. doesn't land from the sky, right? The well, there's yeah, he doesn't he doesn't fly. And so he travels to Buffalo on Sundays. He yeah. he is actually a better quarterback than Buffalo's quarterback. Yeah, um, so you know the thing the thing about. Um, the thing about you about what you what it takes to 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 beat Kentucky is you just have to be patient because um, Georgia is more talented than them uh, top to bottom. Georgia is can can be physical with them the whole um, the, the entire game. Um, we cannot get in a situation where we panic, start trying to figure out okay what next, what next, and then turn around and 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 get out of what the identity we saw last week is. Otherwise, we'll lose this football game. Well, this feels we uh, we've always joked about uh, crockpotting games or the Alabama pick your feet up and let them kick right. your feet kick through that. This feels like the ultimate game, right? This to me, the strategy for this game is Georgia's talent across the board is better than Kentucky's at just about every position, right? So you count on that. Yeah, like oh, that's yeah. what you do. That's what you do, and I, I suspect that will probably lead to moments where you play it safe. That will probably lead to moments where that may frustrate us. 
If I may bring up a little grousing, actually, from uh, from uh, I know that there were all the high fives with Cheney. He got so excited up in the booth there. Grouse away. I have to say, the minute they didn't, the minute uh, when they had that one third down and they did the little flip uh, to run up the middle. Yep. Like this is the I, I said right. I was I, was, I watched the game with Madadere, our friend Madadere, yeah. and uh, at live. By the way, I talked about this last week. I went to Livewire. Livewire yeah. is a wonderful place to watch a game. It's where I watched the uh, Rose Bowl last year. I would watch the game this weekend, but they have a wedding this weekend, so I can't oh. watch it there. But it is a terrific, terrific place to watch games. Generally speaking, I encourage everyone to go to Livewire Athens because that's where I go if I'm if it's a road game and I'm not actually there. Anyway, um, I was there with Matt Adair, and I said right before they made that play call, I was like, he's going to do something cute right now. And the weird thing about Cheney's cute calls is they're always – they're always not, they're only too cute. They're like halfway cute. They're like half arsed a little bit. Like like <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying not to curse because it's uh, fun. And uh, they always feel like a little. I'm gonna do something different, but not too different. And you almost wish that you would just do something nuts if you're gonna do something nuts. That was there's a little bit of that that I hope we don't see a lot of in this game. This feels like a. Holofield, 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 Swift, Swift on the sweep. Yeah. Holofield, Holofield, Swift on the sweep. Uh, tight end. Like this feels like a game where you can muscle them and knock them over. Uh, as good as that defense is, this there's just more talent on the Georgia side of the ball. We'll see what happens with the offensive line injuries. I think that's a key factor in this. But I do think that this is a game where why do you recruit all this stuff? Why do you have all this talent? To freaking beat Kentucky. That's the point of this is to be able to handle that. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point when you talk about um, the the too cute. I mean, there are several. I mean, uh, the seven plays inside the three yard lines. Yeah. A good example. Um, why why go jump on there? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you basically and also no like you didn't even like, Georgia. Did they even have a fullback? Like that was Ford. That was the the Illinois yeah, tight the, end. Yeah, the tight end came. That in. was the Illinois back. No, um, the, the the guy that was Luke Ford. The guy was so nice yeah. to toss in Illinois on his recruiting yeah. sheet. But like. Everybody knew he wasn't getting the ball. I don't think he's touched the ball since he. Yeah, I don't think he's he allowed to look at footballs. So, um, like, they were obviously not doing that. So it felt like this weird misdirection thing when it's like, listen, trust your guys, go. Yeah, just run. I mean, look, if you can't get one yard out of your base offense from inside the one yard line, change your base offense. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I think you're right about that. There have been look, it, it worked perfection last year. The flea flicker play against Mississippi yeah. State. Um, there were some other occasions I can't think of right now. Oh, we play against South Carolina mm-hmm. where we got cute. Um, I mean, I'm a little. This feels like a not cute game. Not cute. I mean, look, the cutest thing you want to do is run the wild dog in some situation with Holofield. Yeah. Right. Um, where where there's a pass option if they all crash down and you have you want to see Holyfield throwing the ball? Yeah. I don't oh. care how good. My point is I don't care how good Kentucky's defense. Well, I do is. now. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. Uh, I don't care how good Kentucky's defense is. Georgia's got to be able to beat Kentucky's defense, like in a macro sense. Yeah, Georgia's got to be able to beat Kentucky's defense. Yeah, I mean, look, they're going to score points. I mean, that's just that's a thing that's going to happen. They can move the ball. I mean, they're not particularly explosive. Their passing offense is. Lower middle of the road. So, didn't they play three quarterbacks versus Missouri? Um, probably not at one time. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the that's like the human centipede. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, when you when you look at what they have done in in the SEC, here's the number of points they've scored: 27, 28, 24, 20, 7, uh, 14, 15. 
They've, they've not scored more than 27 points in the SEC. Now, does that mean we have to get the 28 to win? I mean, I think if we score 30, we win. I think so. Um, I think if you score The trick 20. is scoring 30. <laughs> I, think the, I think if you score 24, you should win this game. This is not a great offense. Yeah, this, this, this is actually the kind of game where you look back and where people are going to talk about we set back football, where yeah. it could really be that's a, the strike a, zone, right? Like, that's car, that's man what you zone. want. Like, yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, man ball. And, and remember, last week we talked about going to the Florida game and how you got, like, that was the goal for the game, right? Grind out a win and grind yeah. out a win. And I was, I was very much of the, wait, is that where we want to be? This feels like this game is for the SEC East. Yes. The goal is just to grind them out. You play your you play the game. You play the strategy here. Yeah. That's going to give you the best opportunity to win. And that gets back to the Cheney thing. Yeah. Don't get cute, Cheney. I know you listen while you're jogging. Mm-hmm. Don't get cute. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a regular jogger. Uh, or he probably just CrossFit, right? Uh, yeah. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> um, since when did they put a camera in the coach's box? Did you see his oh, reaction? Oh, yeah. They do, they've always done that. I, 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 I guess I've never I picked up on that. I they played it up so much. I thought they put it in there to see how many hot dogs he eats. <laughs> like, I'm a hot dog fan, okay? Trust me. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I, I will say I found that reaction and the self-congratulation about that. Unseemly is too strong of a word, but it's like... I just don't want to hear any more from any coach about how, oh, we don't pay attention to the outside stuff. We don't listen to that stuff at all. Like, there were too many high fives going on in that, yeah. that, that press box for them not to be paying attention to that outside stuff. I don't know. It was Florida. I mean, I mean, he was like, too excited. several kittens were saved and Angel got those wings. It was so. just weird how, like, to be that excited after I thought some pretty gaff calls earlier to be like, I don't know. I just act like I've been there. Hand the ball to the ref. Oh, you want Cheney to hand it to the ref? Yeah, I'm just saying theoretically <laughs> speaking. Do the Barry Sanders. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I missed it, about 10 minutes of y'all's conversation. Yeah, you, Did yeah. we cover everything? For the record, Scott, <laughs> Scott had to leave for a moment, which is why we were kind of vamping a little bit. So I, Scott's now going to get us out of here. Wait a minute. We vamped? I thought we gave coaching. We did. Very logical analysis. We did, but we were also like, we have to keep talking. We have <laughs> to, be, to keep talking. To be fair, I did not expect my dad to show up in the middle of our podcast. Awesome. Well, Will we'll only cussed three times, so <laughs> yeah, you can figure it out. Yeah. It was great to see you. Yeah. Your dad's a good guy. He is a good guy. Y'all sat together at games before, I've never met him other than now. Oh, really? He's an attorney also. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. (laughs) That's all we freaking That's not true. Attorneys are awesome. So you've never met him before? I never have. I've never met your dad. My dad's pretty awesome. Yeah, so is mine. Everybody's pretty sick. My dad can beat up your dad. You guys are sick of my dad. No, I love Brian. Brian is my dog. (laughs) Yeah, I I sat there at the Vanderbilt game with Brian, and he's got some good advice, although he was... Brian's uh, coming to Lexington. You didn't know that? He's not coming to Lexington. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I told you. He was fascinated by the on-field clock. Yes. That's the thing he just... And the on-field clock... it bothers him in baseball, too. Will's dad, by the way. Will's dad is the demo for the on-field clock. <laughs> That's right. Um, do you want to get into the... Okay, we have are we doing now? Trivia. Let's do trivia. Trivia. This is some history and trivia. Okay, yeah. history and trivia. All right, so... This is where Will and I sit back and look at our phones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we can take a break. Nobody's paying attention. Um, so, Kentucky has not finished above 500 in the SEC since what year? Over 500. Not at 500, but over 500. Above 500. So wow. I guess they could uh, be... 2012? Four. 1977. It is 1977. <laughs> I saw it. Wow! Did you see it? I did see it. Oh, today. Wait a minute. Oh, in the SEC, they've had a winning record. Okay, my bad. 
I misunderstood. I was thinking. Would you like, like for me to say it again? No, no, please. Yeah. Um, now he misunderstood the question. I mean, although I have an eight-hour drive to Lexington, <laughs> so whatever. However long this takes. Interesting thing. Um, we talked about how Georgia opened as a twelve and a half point favorite, and now it's down to like nine and a half. Just some history on Kentucky this year. Kentucky uh, was a fourteen-point underdog to Florida. They uh-huh. won by eleven. Kentucky was a 10-point underdog to Mississippi State. They won by 21. Vegas keeps getting them wrong. Kentucky was a one-point underdog to South Carolina. They won by 14. And they were a seven-point dog to Missouri. And we know how that turned out. They won well, by one. Well, this is why the line started at, however, was 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. 11 and a half, and it's now down to mm-hmm. nine. Uh, and they, listen, there are teams that do that every year. There are teams that kind of – Northwestern is actually another team that actually keeps consistently doing that this year. That's kind of what Georgia's supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, the, the reason that people keep not favoring Kentucky is other teams are generally more talented than they are. So I'm not sure how I'm going to ask this question, but uh, I mentioned the Latin. Oh, <laughs> <He's Latin. laughs> I mentioned how the overall record for Georgia Kentucky is Georgia has 57 wins, 12 losses, and two ties in the series history. That equals a 183 win percentage for Kentucky versus Georgia. They've played Bama. 14 times in the last 70 years and have only won one game. They have a 0.63 win percentage versus Bama. Can you name who they have the best win percentage oh, against that's, in that's the SEC? Question. That's a good question. Uh, in the SEC, Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I'm, okay, can I have a guess? I'm going to guess... Oh, I have an idea too. Mississippi. No, Vanderbilt is wrong and Mississippi is wrong. Arkansas. Mississippi State. Nope. South Carolina. Now, they do have an over Donkey five... Donkey Doug. It's Missouri, oh. but they haven't played that many times. Arkansas, they have a 571 win percentage. That's good. Against Vanderbilt, it's 516. And Hold Miss- on, wait, wait. They are only 500 against Vanderbilt? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Mississippi State, they're 500 also. I get really scared of these guys. So, um, moving on, uh, your, your buddy Matt Brown writes for The Athletic. He does. My old sports on colleague. He's in chat now. He had an interesting historical article this week. So, thanks, Matt, for writing this. Matt Brown is, we, we discussed before, the most underrated college football writer in the country. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I read his article twice. Although I liked hates, it so much. He hates Georgia. He keeps ranking them the very last. He, he, is actually, uh, he actually is below them a little bit every week. Yeah. So since you mentioned rankings, he put out an article where he said on 10, 10 19, so that was about 10 days ago, the very first AP poll in history came out. And they only released 10 teams back then. They didn't have a top 20. Can you name anybody in that top 10? What year was it? 1936, the very first AP poll ever. Minnesota. They were ranked number one. Kentucky. No, they were not in it. Well, then why the hell we asked this question? About <laughs> Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame was ranked seventh. Army. Army was ranked third. Harvard. No, but there is an Ivy League school. Yale. 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 They Hold were on. tenth. Okay. Yale. I've been to the Yale Bowl, by the way. If you ever get a chance to go to the Yale Bowl, I highly recommend. That's it. also on my list. Um, no, these are non-traditional. Chicago. Well, yeah, I mean, non-traditional meaning like you don't see them in the top. 10 or 20 ever. Not Chicago? No. The Maroon were not on there? Uh, Duke was ranked second. Mm-hmm. Never heard of them. Was North, it a West Coast team? Northwestern was ranked fourth. Mm, go Cats. A, a, West, a West Coast team? Yes. Two. Two West Coast teams? Mm-hmm. UCLA? Mm-hmm. No. USC. USC? Yes. They were ranked sixth. Washington? Washington was ranked eighth. Purdue was ranked fifth. I Pitts- almost said Purdue. And Pittsburgh was ranked Ninth. Wow. Um, Who al- has SEC bias then? <laughs> he also had uh, the longest active AP appearance droughts listed because 
Syracuse and Deuce. Virginia were ranked this week. Mm-hmm. It was the first time Syracuse had been ranked since 2001. I'm elated about Syracuse. I'm going to go on a rant about Syracuse at some point. It was the first time that Virginia had been ranked since 2011. So Virginia is winning the ACC. The coastal. The ACC, coastal. Yeah. Can you tell me who has the longest top 25 being ranked either 25th or 1, but basically top 25? Um, how, many, actually, how many teams are we going? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Who's been the longest since they've been ranked? Or the, the longest. longest route? It was 1994, the last time they were ranked. It's a Big Ten team. Wait, the last time who was the last time? They were, they were ranked in the AP poll. The number one team on this list. The number one team on this list was last ranked mm-hmm. in, in a poll. It's a Big Ten team. It's a Big Ten it's team. It's not Illinois. Illinois has been ranked. Um, it's Indiana. It's Indiana. Yeah. They were last ranked. I think that was when they had that uh, Alex... Something run Alex, Alex Smith running back or something. No, Antoine Randall. Was Antoine that him? Randall, yeah. Okay, I don't know. If that's ninety four though. That's around my college time. Was it okay? Yeah, so late, maybe late. There's another Big Ten team that has not been ranked since two thousand seven. Trent Green. Trent Green. That might be Illinois. Two thousand seven. Another Big Ten team. No, Illinois has been ranked since then because yeah. they, they got the end of Zook. Um, which might have been ten years. I think it's actually Illinois. It's R- Purdue. Purdue. Oh. Oh. Purdue. Uh, if they had won last week, they might have been close to that. Right? Yeah. All right, here's a team, an ACC team that has not been ranked since 2008. Wake Forest. Wake. That's correct. Yes. A Big 12 team has not been ranked since 2009. Kansas. Kansas. That was the year that yeah. they had their that was orange awesome ball. Year. Yeah. Here's another Big 10 team. Baby Mangino. That has not been ranked since 2011. That would be Illinois. That's Illinois. And um, <coughs> 2011 feels Excuse me. comparatively close. <laughs> now that you think about it. What about 2012, a Big 10 team? Maryland? Minnesota. No, Maryland was ranked. Uh, a new Big Ten yeah. team. Oh, wow. Oh, Rutgers. Rutgers. Uh, 2013, Pac-12. Oregon State. 2013, new Big Ten team. Maryland. Maryland. And then 2013, SEC team. Vandy. That's right. Okay, so top ten. These teams have had a drought of being ranked in the top ten. The longest one is never. <laughs> Long- ACC. I, think I think that's Wake Forest. That is Wake Forest. Okay, the next longest one is an SEC team, 1947. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Then we have a Big Ten team, 1962 was the last time they were a top ten team. Uh, let me see if I can get this one. Um, top ten. Northwestern's been there. Illinois has been there. Um, 1962. I'm going to go with one of two. I'm going to go with Purdue or Minnesota. I'm going to say Purdue. It's Minnesota. Okay. Uh, 1962 as well, ACC. Duke. That's correct. 1969, Big Ten. I know this one because – let's say I know this one. Is that Purdue? No. Nope. It's Indiana. It's Indiana. 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 Yeah. Nin- believe me, my wife's family's lore about the trip to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> they were very excited she got to go to the Rose Bowl. Say what you will about Illinois. We've been to the Rose Bowl three times since Indiana. Yes, yeah, because the, the – 2007. The BCS committee sucks. <laughs> All right. They earned it in 84. They were awesome in They did earn it in 84. 1996, Big Ten. 96? 96. It's been top that long. 10? It's been that long since they've been ranked in the top ten. Illinois has been in the top ten since yeah, 1996. Um, uh, so I would say Purdue? Nope. Northwestern? That's right. Yeah, that's right. That was the year they were in. That was the, that was the, that was the year. 1996. Darnell Autry. Oh, wow. That's, that's a blast from the past. You just fell asleep. In my my ex fiance used to date Darnell Autry. So that's, uh, that's, my, that's my Northwestern you, connection. You should go on the game show and talk about that. Yeah, I should. <laughs> the second ex fiance, not the first one. Oh, okay. My God, you've been engaged more times than me. And I've been married twice. I got a long history, my friend. 
1996 ACC team. However, I don't think they were in the ACC back then. Um, Pitt. No. Syracuse. That's right. Okay. Uh, 2001 Big Ten team. That would be Illinois. That's correct. And then finally, a 2001 Big Ten team. Purdue. Nope. One. They weren't in the Big Ten back then. Okay. Yes, they were. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sir, you're wrong. Uh, well, actually. Was it yeah, Rutgers or Maryland? Maryland? It was Maryland. Okay. That's all I got. Fun stuff. All right, so should we do some picks? I guess we got to pick some teams. All right. By the way, uh, we should roll through these quickly. I set a number of teams last night, thinking I would go back and check them today. So we got 13 teams mm-hmm. to set to My apologies. Although I think the I think the list is pretty reasonable. Might be a couple of doozies in there. Fill some time. I got to rearrange these. Do 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 do. Yeah, so since we're going to fun office pools, my wife and Bernie Dog tied for first, um, which is interesting because Kristen and I both gave away a bunch of points on Thursday night because we both picked against Georgia Tech and Georgia Southern. Mm -hmm. This is a funny question. Before, while we're still vamping and figuring out all of our stats, uh, Seth Emerson. uh, I know it's unlike me to quote Seth Emerson, but can I say that Seth Emerson went out with me and my wife in New Orleans uh, after we all went out to dinner? Yeah. Yeah, he came out, came out with us. For yeah, dinner. we had it was. He was very gracious to. He do was that. very gracious, a very good time. And then he and I uh, and my wife uh, all went out for drinks. And uh, it is worth noting that uh, that uh, it was a very nice time. And Seth is. Uh, I love. I ne- I've never felt cooler. There was a bar full of Georgia fans, and and uh, people came over. Because my wife, they basically just came over to hit on my wife. And um, and once I kind of buzzed them off through my you know raw physical aggression. Funny. And uh, why are you guys all laughing? And uh, I pointed out that like, hey, this is Seth Emerson, and I, I I pulled that string out of my pulled that club out of my bag, and now I've been really popular. Wow, you start running for golf. They you're loved, using golf metaphors. Yeah, we haven't talked about running for golf yet. We'll we'll talk about that at some point. But um, anyway, the point is, is Seth Emerson is a good dude, and came out with us and hung out. Yeah. All right, so we're starting off on. They're all Saturday games. No Friday games. No Thursday games this week. <laughs> um, we got row the boats at Lovey Beard. What's the line on this? Is I think it's twelve Minnesota nine and a half nine and a half. I have to say Illinois. Uh, the big news today was Hardy Nickerson. Uh, if who that's I, both coordinators now. If you are of a certain age, you will remember Hardy Nickerson from the old Dennis Hopper Nike commercial, mm-hmm. where it was like Hardy Nickerson, man. I and remember he played for the Bucks. He played for the Bucks, and okay. like it was a big huge thing. He was the defensive coordinator for Illinois. He resigned <laughs> today. Supposedly it was for personal reasons. Hell. Health reasons, and maybe maybe that's true. Uh, clearly, Illinois gave up sixty six points, sixty three points to a team that had gotten shut out the week before. So uh, it's a dark time for Illinois football right now. A lot of the Lovey Smith, he's not getting fired this year. Just to be very clear, no. he's not getting fired this year. However, things are rolling in a bad direction for next year. Um, but uh, they need to get that turnaround. I. Think Illinois covers this game, but I do think they lose. Yeah, give me Minnesota. I'm going to take Illinois because I got nothing to lose because I'm ranked 114th <laughs> in the, the league. Nothing more dangerous than a man who's got nothing to lose. <sighs> uh, Stanford, they've lost a lot recently, and so has Washington. They're playing each other. Yeah, Washington might. That's weird, right? They need they need a Jake, Jacob Eason to the get off his register. Washington, right? And so we totally thought that Chris Peterson was going to get this. Like that's the thing, right? Chris Peterson is that total like Urban Meyer type dude. Would like, give him the big job, and he's going to take over. And it hasn't really happened. 
I am of the belief that they're going to have this crappy year and then Jacob Eason is going to take them to the promised land. I hope so. so. But I think it's a loss today. I'm going to pick Washington. I think this uh, – look, the Cal game was the worst loss they've had this season. Um, although the Auburn game could be stated. <laughs> it could be – That make win looks like a lot worse now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but give me Wash U. I'll take Stanford. All right, uh, West Virginia at Texas. All the points, West Virginia. Yeah, I think Texas might be coming back to earth. No, I feel like this is a game where the pressure is off Texas, and therefore they will be mm. awesome and win. So I will take Texas. Well, Tom Herman fighting somebody is It's weird. You know, Tom Herman, just a little note on Tom Herman. I, not, he's not someone I pay a ton of close attention to, but he's always seemed like this savant, like this dude that's like this awesome coach. And now that I've actually looked at him, he's just another goober like the rest of him. Like he's just another dude. He's jealous of Mike Gundy's hair. Yeah, he's just another dude. I think like, we all are. <laughs> yeah. I thought Herman was like kind of a fascinating guy, and now I've heard him talk. But he's by just the way, another Mike, dude. Mike Gundy might have one up his I'm a man, I'm 40. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> he's like spit? Twitter, I'm giving rats. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's I mean honestly, that is that's a gift that we should all have in response to. He does it every yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Right. I mean, I will say there have been two times in my I've never met Mike Gundy. I have no emotional connection to Mike Gundy. I could give two Bloops about Mike Gundy. He has two quotes that I would think about constantly. <laughs> so that is worth keeping. In mind. I mean, if Cuba Gooden Jr. had Mike Gundy's agent, yeah. he would have won all I'm the man, Oscars. I'm 40. I don't give a bloop about trailer. Good, for, good for the dude. All right, Georgia Tech at North Carolina. So this is the Seth Emerson thing I was going to bring up earlier. It was my brother Seth Emerson. Yeah. He wrote this thing in his in his uh, second day rewind today uh-huh. about considering Georgia's problems with the run game. Could you make an argument that the most dangerous game they have on the schedule is Georgia Tech? You bring up a good point because watching that game Thursday night, I was like, or Friday night, whenever it was, I was like, yes. Because they're better. Georgia Tech is better than we thought they were. I, no, I, I was freaking out about it. I'm, I mean, I'm not, we'll worry about that down right. the road. They but. didn't complete a pass and won by four touchdowns. Yeah, that's not, well, I, I mean, when you're a Georgian, you're struggling against the run. I mean, that's you, something you have to keep in but mind. But you turn the ball over five times, you're going to lose most of the time. So they turned it over five times. I think it was five times. They turned it over a bunch. I am on board with Georgia Tech right now. I think they're going to get enough momentum to make that game scary. Well, it's also the fact that we were wishing they would beat Virginia Tech because we need Paul Johnson to stay the coach at Georgia Tech. And they're four and four. They're probably going to be five and four after this weekend. Uh, Penn State at Michigan. I am all in on Michigan right now. I think that I think Penn State is, is in that moment where they're doing just enough. So where people don't freak out on Franklin. I talked to Matt Brown, my we talked about earlier. He is a Penn State grad. He actually that's how his whole kind of career got started. And he was like, they needed that Iowa win so badly. Because people were ready to start freaking out because they had Michigan the next week. If they lost to Iowa, there'd have been a lot of worry about Penn State. I think they win that game, they won that game with the Yeah, give me Penn State. Are you gonna take Penn State? I think Harbaugh. I mean Michigan, what they lost to Notre Dame first game of the year. They've rattled off seven in a row. Shea that Patterson loss looks pretty looks good. Pretty good. It that does loss look good. Pretty good right now. I mean, my my thinking Thank on you that. For questioning him on that. My thinking, my, no, my thinking of that is that um, it, it feels a little bit like Michigan's done this a lot with like smoke and mirrors. That I'm mean, frankly, I thought they. I mean, look, they're a good football team. I'm not saying they're not. I just, I just think I think Penn State. Finally, puts it all together and wins a game, I will say, which, you, which is what James Franklin teams have done. If you are an Auburn, to be an Alabama fan, you totally want 
Penn Michigan State. to lose this game. Yeah, you want Penn yeah. State to win. Because like now Georgia's out. Like if they lose this, it's just going they're out. But like that's what we're all talking about, right? If you want – like Michigan right now has a straight line to the playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because who are they going to play in the West? I mean they've, if they beat Ohio State, they're going to get Northwestern or Iowa or Wisconsin. So, yeah, so that's, that's what you want from this game is for Michigan to lose, but I don't think they'd lose. Notre Dame travels to Chicago. Go Cats. Go. They're playing at Northwestern for the first time since 1976. Mm-hmm. They are playing Chicago's sixth Big Ten team. Should be fun to see. Uh, I would like to see Notre I'll put it this way. If Notre Dame doesn't stomp Northwestern, I do think they may actually have a weird loss in their future. So mm-hmm. Agreed. <clears throat> I would, think they stop Northwestern. Would you pull for Northwestern if it meant it would benefit Georgia in this game? Um, I don't think it actually does. No, I'm just saying hypothetically. But if it did, I would consider it, but it doesn't. <laughs> okay. So I don't have to worry about it. You can't answer that, can you? I, 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 I mean, I think about this all the time with Georgia. I used to think about this all the time with Florida, Tennessee. Yeah. Right? It was like, who do you want to win this game? I want to close my eyes and pretend it's not happening. Right. Uh, all right, so out of conference SEC game, Louisiana Tech six and two goes to Mississippi State. Uh, State's favored by three touchdowns, but could this get interesting? No, I, I think it could get interesting. I Illinois' think, last bowl game was a loss to Louisiana Tech. By I way, think so Louisiana always. Tech covers, but I don't think they win. Okay. Uh, Charlotte <laughs> goes to Tennessee. By the way, this is one of those games I went to see the line on, and then I just lost track of when it was. Coming That's out. probably an easy drive. And just due west from Charlotte. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've watched Charlotte lose to Georgia State, so not yeah. really. On Give me the Tennessee. Georgia. Tennessee. Not really on the Charlotte team. Uh, Aggies go to Auburn. It's kind of a fascinating game. Like a, kind of an interesting time for these two teams to play each other. Yeah, they're both five and three. It's a weird line too, right? Five and a half. Yep. Five and a half Auburn. Yeah. Yep. Well, because they're at home, that place. I mean, but it's not rocking like it was last year. I'm gonna take a M. If A&M wins this game, is it time like people start freaking out again about Auburn? Like, are they? Is there? Well, I mean, they did. People are freaking out about Auburn. I've got a question. We play Auburn next week. Do yeah. we want Auburn to win or lose this game? That's an excellent question. I, I mean, look, I'm glad you brought that up because we hadn't talked about game times. I mean, there is a range of times this game could be. I don't. I think there. I don't think we can be the noon game on CBS which means we're the noon game on SEC Network. If we're going to be SEC Network, I think unless we lose bad and Auburn loses bad, if we're on the SEC Network, we're the late game. Um, so you think the only way that what you're talking about is the yes. idea we, they flexed the Auburn-Georgia game. They flexed all know. the games but the Alabama game next week and the Mississippi State game. So the idea is for no one wants a noon game for Georgia-Auburn. No, no one wants that. So the only way that happens is if Auburn loses this game and Georgia loses this game. I I think so. I think yeah. so. I don't think it's either one of those things are going to happen. So okay, who's going to win? Auburn. I'm going to pick AM. Uh, Missouri. I'm actually now rooting for Auburn because I don't want that to be a noon game. Missouri at Florida. <sighs> I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. That should be the cold open, by the way. <laughs> this is what we should talk about. Like, I know we're, we're going to get into Kentucky, Georgia in a second. If no one takes Missouri seriously, we've, we all make fun of Missouri all the time. And Missouri totally should have beaten Kentucky last week. Yes. 
So it's weird to me that now we're going to get into this game or talk about Missouri moving forward or talk about Kentucky moving forward and be like, oh, well. Should be South Carolina, too. I have to say, if Missouri can't win that game against Kentucky at home with a hot crowd ready to go, I think Florida stomped them. Yeah, that's I. You've convinced me. Yes, Florida, <laughs> South Carolina, uh, Mississippi. <laughs> this is a cool game. I like this game. Guess the spread. What? Uh, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> South Carolina by two. It is a South Carolina by one half of a point. All right, good. I'm closer <laughs> I would have thought. Um, I'm taking South Carolina. Mississippi's got a lot of heavy lifting to go. If South Carolina can't win this game, you got to be maybe a little bit. Mississippi's totally starting over. Yeah, I, I think I think that's right. I think Mississippi's. I think this game can be pointy, real pointy. Um, but I think South Carolina wins it. Did y'all watch the video I sent you today? I did not. I was at work. It's the Ouija board that oh, SEC yeah. Shorts does. About. I thought the last one was funny. So this one's good. This is good. I, I will watch it after. It's basically South Carolina, Tennessee, um, what, Missouri, all trying not to get picked for the Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> so it's, it's a good <laughs> I'm going I'm to go with South Carolina. Like your anti Plot twist. Bowl. Not enough SEC teams qualify, and they all go somewhere better. Alabama at LSU. Oh, now we're getting Finally, serious. Finally, we're Is this the games. last one before Georgia, Kentucky? Okay, let's get into serious business here. All right, I'll, I'll go first for this one. That's a 14-and-a-half point game. I am not – I remain not convinced that um, how LSU beat Georgia, which was a legit – I'm not trying to make excuses mm-hmm. about it. They out-physical Georgia. The problem is Alabama is what Georgia wanted to be this year, Right. Extremely physical defense, very finesse on offense, score when they want to on offense. LSU is not set up to counter that. I think Alabama wins. I think they cover that 14 and point, and a half a point pretty easily. I think we are in the terrifying place where Alabama goes into LSU and absolutely destroys them. And then, then all this talk about, like, where does Georgia stand and where are they post LSU all seems kind of moot because – the place that Georgia's went into, that they got killed, Alabama stomped them. The only way this game will be interesting to watch is if Georgia beats Kentucky, and then you can kind of sit back and either be frightened by what you see or maybe excited if LSU keeps it close. But I'm, I'm with you, Will. I think this game could easily be 21 nothing by the start of the second quarter, and you're like, how do they do that? How, are, how is Jerry Judy so open all the time? How does Tua never have a dropped pass? And uh, I think Alabama, you know, it's almost like a name your score on this. Not because LSU's bad. I think Alabama is that good. And I think it's just a matter of how much they want to score on this. I'm ashamed to say. For what it's worth, uh, if Georgia loses to Kentucky, I'm not watching this no. game. No. <laughs> I'm not going to even. Oh, no, I'm going back to the Airbnb and some. Yeah. we're bringing more bourbon. Um, all right. So now Georgia, number six. Versus number 11, Kentucky. They're both 7-1. This is the SEC East de facto. I love that word. De facto. I've heard that a lot this week because uh, Alabama LSU is the de facto SEC West championship, and this is the East championship. It's a fun weekend to like just sit on the couch and watch football. I mean, the SEC like, has yeah. the eye of college football this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go first uh, because I always I'll like, go second since Tony's going to the game. I always kind of feel like Tony is the good closer. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. I think you should always go last. Yeah, so... 
Uh, I have to grow a beard now. <laughs> um, last week, there was a lot of discussion about where is Georgia and where is Florida and where is everything. And a lot of this was, I think I even said last week, if Georgia loses to Kentucky, it feels more acceptable than losing to Florida because Kentucky is having their year. This is how you define yourself as the actual dominant force in the SEC East is when Missouri pops up and has their Michael Sam year or Kentucky pops up and has this year or I mean, this is what it is, right? Like look at the years where Georgia or Florida have not won the SEC East. It's been the Michael Sam year at Missouri where everything fell exactly right or it's been Kentucky this year or it's been Whatever random things, there's been the, oh, whoever wins the East is going to get destroyed by Alabama or LSU or Auburn, whoever is there. To me, to define yourself as we own the SEC East, we run this stuff, your random little year is not going to matter because in the same way that Mississippi State's random year doesn't matter because you're going to run into Alabama initially, eventually. This is what Georgia has to be. What Georgia needs to be is a year where not everything is running perfectly and not everything is, is exactly down the line, but you're not going to lose to freaking Kentucky no matter how excited that they are. I will say this feels like the crockpotting game. This feels like they pick their legs up and they kick their legs till they die. I think Kentucky keeps them excited. I think maybe Georgia's up seven at halftime or four and we're all kind of scratching a little bit and then they take away. I think Georgia wins 31 to 17. I like it. I like it. Um, I would not be surprised if Kentucky comes out with a chrome helmet and predominantly black and blue jerseys because that's what they like to do with big games like that. Um, one of the other quotes that stood out in the Lexington paper that I read, they tabbed it as a game which long-suffering Kentucky football fans have been waiting for their entire lives. And that's how it's going to feel. You're going to turn it on CBS or Tony, you're going to be there and you're going to be like, whoa, maybe they'll have a new intro. Maybe they'll play like how they do with South Carolina where they get all, all fancy. That They're going to have a lot of juice going on, but the dogs are more experienced with this type of atmosphere. Kentucky's going to be that kid that doesn't know how to handle his Halloween candy. You know, he's just, it's going to, I mean, Halloween reference coming up, but, um, but I think, I think they will scare us for a while, but I predict that it will be seven Rodrigo extra points Oh, and Georgia wins 49, 23. Woo. Holy cow. Okay, and he does an interview. Happens. I that happens to get excited. And he does an what, interview going, with his helmet on. I'm going streaking. That place is going to be totally empty. I'm going streaking. <laughs> I'll rush the field. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you sit down and look at this, what you're really considering is Kentucky's strength, which is their defense, against Georgia's strength, which is their offense. Um, when you, I mean, Georgia's offense, what they do well, passing, is what Kentucky nominally is not great at. I mean, I mean, they're top 25 passing. Um, but I keep thinking, back to what Will said, you feed Holyfield, you feed Holyfield. Do not be surprised if Georgia's behind at halftime. Do not be surprised. I mean, we've seen this in Missouri without the turnovers. We'd be behind. We saw this against Tennessee. We could have been, we should, maybe should have been behind. Um, 
when you get to the second half and start thinking about what Georgia can do physically against them, and when you think about what is, um, when you think about what it, you know, their their success rate versus our success rate, um, you know, we are we're essentially in a situation where Georgia is going to run the balls of the pass. You want to say of the pass, not deep passes. I mean, we're going to use quick outs, swing passes, stuff to the tight end, almost like handoffs. Um, because you, you have to do that to neutralize their, their linebackers. Um, when you do that, basically what you do is create situations where Kentucky has to back off the line in order to counter that, and you open up the running game in the second half. Um, again, do not be surprised if Kentucky is leading at halftime, something in the neighborhood of 14, 10, 14, 7. Um, oh, man, we're all going to crap Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to be crapping our pants. <laughs> the good news is, in the second half, I think we outscore them fairly substantially to make it a 30, let's say, 32-24 game. Bill Conley has this number at um, Bill Conley has this number at nine points. So, I mean, 35-20 is in the range, but 32-24 feels right. Um and frankly, the narrative continues to the next week. Um, Georgia can't quite put anyone away, but we walk away with a win. I like it. I like mine better, but I like it. Oh, I like yours better too. <laughs> what a fun Saturday we have coming up! Like it's going to be so fun. Yeah, I'm going to have a great time. What, are you going to be able to get back to your Airbnb in time to watch uh, Alabama? Oh yeah, the Airbnb is like three blocks from the stadium. Oh yeah, so you're right there. Um, you're right there. So we have we. This is the. Fifth time, sixth time in a row we've gone to this game. This is the fourth, fifth time in a row we've stayed in Lexington. Right. We we used to have the same house we always stayed on, on on Sunset, which is in the Chevy Chase area of Lexington. The guy sold the house. The new owner did not want to rent me the house because he has kids or something. I don't know. Nah, uh, so we have an time. Airbnb that's literally three blocks from the right. stadium on Cooper Drive. We are going to leave early Friday. Getting chicken from a place called Save a Lot, which is a grocery store in Kentucky. I've heard you talk about that before. Uh, Save hyphen a hyphen lot. Yeah, uh, I mean Kentucky Magazine wrote about this being one of the top fried chicken places in so the it's state not of Kentucky, Kentucky. Fried chicken. Do you not know Save a Lot? Is this a no? I know Save a Lot. I know Save a Lot, but this one particular Save a Lot okay, okay. in Lexington right. apparently has like top five fried chicken in the state <laughs> of Kentucky. So they don't have Kentucky Fried Chicken in Kentucky. Yes. Okay, I'm not talking to you right now. Yeah. I'm talking to oh, Will only. I yeah, thought maybe listeners. that was a thing. Never mind. No, it, it exists, but why would you get that exactly? So we're going, <laughs> we're going to save a line. We're going to uh, um, Dave Johnson, uh, right. the Orange Blazer guy. And he's, Paul, good old boy. He's come down. Paul. Our friend Paul's coming down. Our good, friend, big fans of Paul. Big fan of Paul. Please our friend, much love to Paul. Our friend Ryan, who came to the Notre Dame game, yes. he's coming over. Yeah. Um, and so Wayne, Tiffany, Kristen, and I are leaving early Friday morning. We're driving up. We're meeting them at the Airbnb. Um, I have to assume shenanigans will ensue, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really hopeful about Georgia playing in Atlanta that first weekend. This is a big and question, the, right? Well, maybe we should close with this. Is uh, Like a lot of people, I made my hotel reservations several months ago. We've discussed whether it's jinxing to make hotel reservations. To me, hotel reservations are hotel reservations. You need to actually make them. So um, this weekend is, we're going to know Sunday morning whether or not I need to cancel this hotel. We're going to know at 6.45. Yeah. So, so 
Um, I cannot confirm or deny if I too have made hotel reservations in Atlanta, <laughs> but um, the reality is, is that this is it, man. George, like, we're I mean, gonna know. Look, look we what we said in August that the first baseline of success for Georgia is is winning the SEC East, and mm-hmm. then anything after that, we'll worry about. Saturday is the day, is the day to answer that question. We'll answer the question Saturday. You're getting a call from Kentucky. Oh my God, I'm getting a call from the Airbnb person in Kentucky. Okay, answer it. So, as good a answer time it. Answer it. Say okay. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> And thanks so much for listening. Follow our show on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Feel free to tweet us any questions or comments you might have. If you're into purchasing a podcast t-shirt, you can do so by visiting WSLSpodcast.com slash shop. Thanks to everyone who has left us a rating and review. Should you have an iPhone and feel so inclined to write a podcast review, we will read it and discuss it on a future show. And that'll do it for this episode. Safe travels to everyone like Tony who are making the trek up to Lexington this weekend. The good news is that all the rest of the games are back here in Athens, GA. And hopefully Atlanta, should the dogs win on Saturday. We'll see you on campus next weekend. And as always, go dogs. Hello, this is Tony. <laughs> Keep that fire. I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, it's perfectly fine. I'm actually, I do a podcast on Georgia football and we just wrapped up. Um, So the reason I was calling is we have ordered some, some chicken and some other sides for the tailgate, but I need to, uh, we, because we just, we're, we're funny about things like green beans and other stuff. Do y'all have big pots and pans there or do I need to bring some with me? I mean, there's only there's there's only a few of us at the house. I just need something big enough to put, like one of the real big cans of green beans in. I'm not eating vegetables because I'm a fried chicken and mac and cheese guy. <laughs> Y'all sound like my kind of people. Uh, we're really excited, by the way. Um, I, I hope this doesn't sound too creepy, but on the way to Michigan, we drove by just to see where the house was. Could not. I, well, we we've stayed at for a couple of years. Uh, and that guy sold the house, and the new owners didn't want to let us Airbnb it. I don't understand. So we're lo- really looking forward to it. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about it. That's that's all we need. We just need something to do that, and um, that gets us there. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling me back. All right, talk to you later. Bye. That's the close, right? Yeah, I would hope so. So my phone is not turned on yet. How many times have you driven by her house? That's what I want to know. And I, seriously, we stayed in Lexington on the drive up to Michigan, and Chris was like, "Well, let's let's ride over and see where the house is, to see just how." Cl- I, and I knew how close it was because I know maps. Um, you know, this and, is going to go in the podcast. Yeah, that's fine. So we uh, we did drive by, and when I say it is, so think about Sanford Stadium. You know where Bolton Hall is? Yeah. That's how close it is to wow. Kroger Field. Bolton Hall. Gotcha. Yeah. The new Bolton Hall. Not old Bolton Hall. Yeah. New Bolton Hall. That's how close like it is to Kroger Field. It's just, what, 600 yards? Uh, at the, no, more like 600 feet. 200 yards. Is that close? Okay. It's crazy. Okay, I'll go down. I'm going to figure out where the hell I'm on my phone. The phone doesn't work anymore. Have you tried, tried, tried turning it on? I've tried several times to turn it on.